Hi everyone, welcome back to uh, Unconstrained Conversations. Early May, Boutique Hotelier magazine in the UK put Best Western GP CEO Rob Patterson on its cover to highlight how Best Western was one of the first hotel companies to partner with the National Health Service in the UK at the onset of the coronavirus pandemic. In the article and accompanying announcement, Rob specifically highlighted the need for revenue management technology as a critical component to take full advantage of any recovery. This naturally stoked my interest and knowing his passion for the subject and his background as revenue and commercial leader, I connected with Rob to see if he could expand on his thoughts as a guest on the Unconstrained Conversation Pod. I hope you will enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed the conversation. All right, everyone, welcome to um, another episode of uh, Unconstrained Conversations. Um, super excited, another great guest today, uh, Rob uh, Patterson, uh, CEO of uh, Best Western in the UK. Um, and uh, Rob has been a very, very uh, strong um, advocate of uh, the industry over the last uh, couple of years. I've known him for quite a, quite a, quite a while, actually. And uh, we wanted to talk about what's going on in the UK. We wanted to talk about um, his belief in revenue management and how that's part of um, the recovery efforts and overall how it's been going for Best Western and uh, the industry. So welcome, Rob. Good afternoon. How are you? Good. Thank you very much. Uh, it's a Monday, so that's always good or bad. Uh, I'll see. <laughs> so, how are how are you? How is Best Western? How is it going in in the UK and the the, the wider area there? Yeah, it's uh, we're um, we're a couple of weeks behind other markets in the world, so we've got the benefit of sort of watching other markets come out of things and and picking up on what's happening in those markets and being able to. Uh, it gives us a window into what we can expect in the next three or four weeks. So in some senses, it's good, but um, but it's sort of at the same time, I think everyone's tired of lockdown and we're seeing other countries out and, you know, pubs and bars opened on the, on the weekend in, in the South Pacific. And uh, I think um, people in the UK are kind of desperate for that to happen. So, um, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's an unusual moment. Yeah, we, we've seen some uh, hotels in the U.S., uh, you know, drive to locations, beachfront locations, picking up 70, 80 percent um, as well over the last couple of weeks. Um, is that something you're expecting anytime soon in the U.K. or is it still too far to tell? Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of mood music at the moment um, around shoring up the date that hotels can reopen for all business because at the moment there is certain segments we're allowed to take but but we've largely remain closed. So um, we're pretty confident that um, uh, the Prime Minister made a comment just last week that he thinks that the social distancing measures can be reduced and hotels could open quicker than they first thought. So we're optimistic that we're going to get a firm date sometime this week. Okay, great. So what have you been busy with over the last couple of weeks other than uh, signing a deal with um, Hallmark Hotels, which is, uh, I, I believe, the biggest uh, deal ever for uh, for Best West in the UK, uh, with 26 hotels, I believe, or 23 hotels being added on? Yeah, yeah, twenty six hotels. It's um, it, it is the biggest um, single deal that Best Western's done. There was a merger back in the um, in the in the early nineties, which was bigger, um, but that was that was a merger of two companies coming together, Consort and uh, and Interchange. So as a single deal, this is the biggest one that um, Best Western's been involved in. It's a little bit of a departure from its its historic roots because Best Western is is sort of rooted in um, in independent family businesses. So um, 
So it is somewhat a departure, but it, that's still our roots. Independence and and uh, and locally owned businesses is still our um, our core core unit. Right. So what's driving a deal during times like this? Uh, what was your 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 key kind of opportunity that you saw? I think that there's a couple. I mean, the Hallmark deal was an interesting one. We weren't the only bidder in there. There were other brands. Um, and I think at the end of the day, uh, you know, I think it's, it's horses for courses for pro- for hotels. And 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 our proposition um, allows a lot more flexibility on the actual physical asset, uh, whereas a lot of the other brands are quite prescribed about how the lobby might be laid out or how what size of the bedrooms need to be. And there's a that that drives a big um, property improvement plan cost up front. So um so I think we we were a good option to be able to keep the character of the buildings. Um, they're reasonable size hotels, 100, 120 bedrooms, sort of average key count. Um, and and I think our our value proposition ongoing from a fee perspective is also quite compelling. So um, there was a couple of, uh, I think, a couple of good solid reasons, commercial reasons for us to be the the right partner for, for Hallmark. Yeah, sounds like a fantastic deal, fantastic opportunity, and it'll set you up from when the recovery happens and the hotels can reopen that you're you're really strongly positioned, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. And they're quite a, um, it's, we're really, really excited about the partnership with LGH. The, the, the approach that they're taking is, is you know, if we could prescribe the type of partner we're looking for, it's LGH right there. I mean, what they're doing is coming in as the Hallmark portfolio um, under, a, under a soft brand. So they'll remain as the, the Hallmarks XYZ, whatever the, the location is. And then as they are um, invested in, uh, they'll come online as hard branded Best Westerns. Um, in the various different subcategories. So um, so I think that's the perfect partner for us. And I think it's a really smart way of doing it because the moment that they rebrand, there's a, there's a marked difference in the product. And from a consumer point of view, if we just put Hallmark on the Best Western on the front door of the Hallmark, it's just ch- changing the sign on the front door. So mm. um, so we see it as a great addition for the brand and we're really um, excited about the the approach that they're taking with it. That's great. And if any of the listeners uh, want to know more about LGH, uh, go to episode uh, six um, and uh, listen to, uh, sorry, episode seven and listen to Sheena and I, the chief commercial officer there, talking about um, um, LGH and, and their strategy. So it's a good counterpoint or yeah. supportive point, not really counterpoint. Um, so you must have been, I think you're the only company that has done any deals over the last couple of weeks which, uh, or a couple of months, really, which is uh, fantastic. Congratulations on that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> we, we, we find, it's, oddly enough, we've seen quite a um, – we've had more inquiries through our website in the last month than we had in the entire year last year to join Best Western. So um, so I think there is a bit of a, um, uh, a safety in numbers and a bit of a – particularly if you're an independent op- operator, uh, that comfort blanket of a brand is um, – is, you know, I think people are seeking that at the moment and uh, Best Western's a good home for that. Right, right. So you have the obviously the distribution uh, standards. You you brought out some brand standards in in, in quality and safety, uh, which is obviously important. And um, uh, it's interesting that you see kind of even independent owners and and uh, management companies uh, realizing that they might need a, a stronger partner than uh, they have today. So um, uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that develops. Yeah. Um, do you feel the same is true um, in the future for the guests as well? There's a lot of conversations about kind of the the guests favoring brands or not favoring brands or favoring the independent properties or companies like yours, which is um, uh, giving them, uh, you know, the right standards, but then keeping the individual um, spirit of the hotels to, to some extent, right? Um, yeah. How do you see that's going to play out over the next couple of months or the next 12 months, 18 months? 
Yeah, I, I can recall um, about 12 months ago, I did a, a presentation on uh, um, on uh, what drives a customer's decision and, and what had gone up um, in the last decade, of course, is, is customer reviews. And what had gone down was the things like um, things that sort of relay themselves to or, or lend themselves to brand. And, and if you look at those things, it was about security and safety. Um, before online reviews happened, it was, look, if I'm going to the other side of the world, I don't want to take a risk on a product I've never been to. I want to go with something that I know it's going to have a certain standard. I know my credit card's going to be safe. I know I'm going to be safe. Uh, and that was how people selected hotels. And I think we've almost kind of gone into a bit of a circular position now, and and that will come back because um, as much as you can have a, a four, four and a half, five-star review rating score on Booking.com or, or TripAdvisor or whatever it might be, or eight, nine out of 10 on Booking.com, um, you know, I think that security of going somewhere that has a brand promise and says, this is how we're going to uh, look after you from a safety point of view, um, I think that's going to become really, really important. And I heard someone say recently, safety is the new luxury. Um, <laughs> so, um, so, uh, so I think, yeah, I think the brands will be able to convey that message in a much more um, mm. powerful way than an independent at the moment. Yeah, I have to agree with you on that. Um, you know, I, I think anyone who wants to travel, the safety is going to be uh, is going to be um, uh, top of mind, right? The other interesting part that uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you is because you've come out very strongly in favor of um, uh, revenue management and pricing, and there's this conversation going on in some quarters today about. Uh, why would we need revenue management and why do we need technology um, when we really have very little demand um, uh, when some hotels are still closed? Um, although we, we've seen our data that most of the hotels that we have, um, out of the 12,000 hotels we have, I think we only have 15 or 16 now that are 100% that are closed. So we have a lot of them um, already uh, being reopened as we speak or, or have already reopened. So I, mean, I know your, your background is in revenue management. Um, and uh, I was interested to hear from you kind of why you've come out very strongly in favor of it, uh, which I'm obviously supportive of, but uh, want to get your perspective. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's not just because of the, the background in revenue management. I, I, we um we were doing some work uh, uh, two weeks ago on on pricing. Um, just in the UK, we were not sure whether the last announcement, the last major announcement from from uh, the Prime Minister, was going to um, was going to put a concrete date on opening. And we'd already seen Ireland. You know, the week prior, I think it was two weeks prior. Uh, when they'd come out and they firmed up a date, there was a big surge of demand. Um, mm. So we knew that if that happened on that Sunday night, if he firmed up a date, that we could we could have the same situation, a big surge of demand. So we, we were doing some work around making sure we're ready. And one of the things that we did was we took a, um, a provincial city centre market. Um, we, we took all the four-star hotels in that market and looked at the pricing. And you had some hotels which were, were open and trading, um, through the so they're, they're looking after key workers or NHS or something like that through the crisis, uh, and they're quite proactive because they've kept they've kept staff on to do that, and they might be sitting in July for. 30 40 pounds i mean rates that we wouldn't normally see in any times but mm. people are keep people are doing what they can at the moment to to um to get business so you had some hotels in a four star city center location uh, sitting on 30 or 40 pounds and then you had other equivalent four star hotels who were closed most likely all the staff furloughed except for perhaps a gm and a maintenance or something like that and um and in for the same dates in july they would be selling 200 pounds and you know what's happened is that Back in March, when everything kind of shut down, they furloughed everyone. 
they're probably looking at their pricing 30 to 45 days out. And by the way, I think that's immediately an issue. But um, and and right now they're sitting in July with default rates of 200 pounds that they haven't looked at. Now, had the date have been announced, the reality is a surge of demand would have come. The ones who were sitting on 30 and 40 pounds would have been far undersold and the ones sitting on 200 pounds would have got nothing. And that mm-hmm. was a very real risk. And you, I mean, you need not look any further just to say how important is revenue management. If you're the one on 30 or 40 pounds, you've missed a huge opportunity and underpriced. Mm-hmm. If you're the one on 200, you've got nothing. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, I wanted to come out publicly and sort of try to shine a light on it to, to – um, to, to, to encourage everyone to look at their pricing and get ready for the reopening because when it happens, it might happen on a Sunday and you might not have your revenue manager back from furlough, whatever it might be. But I just mm-hmm. think it's so important coming out. Um, it'll be this, you know, it, it could be the make or break of, uh, of a hotel succeeding when they come out of uh, lockdown. Well, especially in these times when everyone is so concerned about, well, for number one priority for, for an owner's perspective is paying their their, their debts, right, and, and, and covering costs, but also paying the, and the monthly mortgage, so to speak, right? And and uh, a one one two three four five percent uh, increase in revenue can make, as you said, can make or break that uh, that hotel and the debt service that they have to um, uh, go through. Um, so, do you feel that there's going to be a lot of people that are not dynamic enough and they're not looking at revenue management or pricing um, enough, and they will lose out? I mean, from that example that you just gave, that was just one city. That's pretty um, uh, frightening, I would say. It is frightening, and uh, and and I I fear that when um, we're running that 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 study now because we're expecting a firm date to come very soon, and and sadly we're seeing similar patterns because I I think what's happened is people have had a um, understandably we've got a we you know we've got to pay our mortgage we've got to um we've got to we've got to fund our debt whatever it might be mm-hmm. however there's I understand why everyone has gone to buckle up their costs. But it's really time to start thinking of um, of of how do we come out of this now and come out of this successfully? Because if we miss that boat, it's a, it'll be a a big loss for everyone. Um, so yeah, it's just think, simple. Yeah, and I think the other issue is that we're going to see very very short uh, pickup uh, uh, times, right? We I was talking to um, a chief commercial officer in the U.S. last week, and we had Memorial Day weekend, and he told me they went from ten percent to seventy percent occupancy within uh, seventy-two hours. So um, all of a sudden, you know, three four days before that Friday, uh, first day of the long weekend, people just started calling, um, and and um, uh, they he felt they reacted properly to it from a pricing perspective, but then they had a whole bunch of operational issues because they couldn't get staff into the hotels, and 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 that created a whole other uh, problem, but. I, the, the, with the higher volatility in 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 reservations, um, short-term bookings, you know, people making taking this wait and see attitude, right? Um, I, I agree with you. It's going to be critical to not rely on a human to be there um, when those uh, when those decisions are being made and when the actions need to be taken, because everyone's going to be scrambling if you don't have the technology in place. Yeah, and you make a really good point about technology as well, because um, you'll 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 know you know the, the technology is as good as the data that goes in, and mm-hmm. and and right at this moment, I you know I question um, what the data accuracy is in, um, and you need somebody to come back and manage that before it happens because you, there'll be hurdle rates that are incorrect. There might be, um, you know, I mean we had a hotel a couple of weeks ago, um, and we spotted that they had two night minimum length to stay right through the summer. Still on, mm-hmm. 
because that's what they mm-hmm. normally do it do in summer. Wow. And I, I, I understand it, but that's yeah. not that's not what it's going to need coming out. So it's um it's making sure you're on top of all those configuration side of things so that that revenue management system can give you the accurate information it needs to. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 how do you think about kind of taking it a step further? And even the whole part, the whole uh, process of budgeting and forecasting is going to be um, uh, you 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 have to. And I hear some people in the industry already talking about that. It's it's kind of starting uh, zero based budgeting and and zero based forecasting. It's like you're reopening a new hotel. You can't rely on the demand uh, previously. You can't rely on the data to some extent. Um, you can't rely on your market segmentations and your demand patterns, just like you said. Two night length of stay might not be something that people want anymore, right? Um, they'll be happy with just the one night so to test things out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think I think that's going to be a real challenge coming out. I mean, I was talking to someone, our chairman, who was uh, uh, budgeting last week, and he said uh, mm-hmm. he's July to uh, uh, July to June. And you know, how do you how do you realistically base your budget at the moment? There's no uh, precedent or um, logic to apply. So, um, right. yeah, it's difficult at the moment. I think right. there's probably going to be budget set and then, okay, in two or three months, we're going to have to revisit this and reset it because uh, how do you know right now? Yeah, I've heard some people saying they might not even do a budget for next year. They'll just do a 90-day rolling kind of forecast and make that the budget. So it's it's just impossible to do a budget for the next 12 or 18 months at the moment, right? Because we yeah. don't really know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, so, so how are you? How are you then applying the technology that you have? Are you? Um, uh, are you? Um, what are you seeing that your hotels are doing in terms of the the, the the pricing, the revenue management, and the budgeting, and the forecasting, and how all that's coming together? Or well, what's the guidance that you're giving to your hotels? Yeah, we're um, we're doing a lot of the pricing side of things. I saw some um, surveys online about what's going to be the most important thing for revenue management coming out, and there was things like inventory management, uh, there was uh, segmentation, demand patterns, um, at pricing. For me, it, it's absolutely it's pricing. Um, de- demand patterns as well. I, I understand why people would, would would gravitate to that because, as you said, it's going to be very very volatile demand patterns. So you need somebody managing that. Um, but mm-hmm. it, it, if you don't put your pricing according to that demand, it's so many people are going to get left behind if they don't uh, if they're not on top of that. So I think it's just the um, for me coming out marketing revenue management the two most critical areas in uh, in hotels. Um, yeah, besides, absolutely. Besides safety, of course. Yeah, yeah, we've done some studies just looking at our data that we collect from, you know, the, the, the hotels that are sitting in our system. And, and in some instances, we've seen uh, some markets, 30% of the hotels are, are mispriced at the moment uh, mm. because the, the competitive set has moved, um, as you said, maybe it's moved lower or higher. And, and uh, all of a sudden, you see like 30% of the hotels being out outpriced in, in, in one way or the other, right? Either they're too high or too low. Um, and I think there's just going to be a, 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 a big need of handholding and guidance and, and somebody looking at that and saying, well, you know, you should really tweak something or you should um, go in there and have another look because um, your, your, your market's no longer the market that it used to be. Yeah, one of the uh, points that somebody brought, came up this morning with um, in, in a market that's already over open in the South Pacific was um, was actually they're seeing their sun their Thursday nights. Uh, are behaving very differently to what it normally would because uh, in, it was New Zealand and they've got a bubble at the moment. They can't, no one can travel internationally. Mm-hmm. So, um, so people are taking more leisure breaks, but smaller long weekends rather than a week in Fiji or a week in um, in in Bali. It's uh, it's a four day weekend in 
you know, Queenstown or right. whatever it might be. So it'd be interesting to, um, you know, pick up on those patterns as we come out. It's going to be a, uh, uh, it, it's a big learning curve for everyone. Yeah, and I think the Prime Minister has said in New Zealand uh, businesses should give people an extra day off so they can actually spend the money internally, right? Um, I think that came out a couple of weeks back. So we'll see if that yeah. if that contributes or not. But maybe some other countries will do the same. Yeah, Encourage yeah. people to spend uh, domestically and um, uh, and just get an extra day off, right? Why not? Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. think you all need one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, not wrong, not wrong. <laughs> yeah, so are you, are you seeing kind of or are you, are you planning or preparing um, I'm not sure how your domestic versus inter international mix is usually, but are you preparing for uh, any any international travelers coming into the UK anytime soon? Or you're more saying, well, this is all going to be domestic for the next six months or four months uh, or for the summer? Um, yeah, I mean, we're starting to now understand the um, the international travel, um, uh, the policy from from government, and there's a 14 day mandatory quarantine here. So uh, that's certainly going to um, have effect twofold. One, it's going to be difficult for people to travel in here, but it's also going to be difficult for people to take their holidays down in Spain or or Greece or whatever it might be. So um, unless there's you know some kind of travel bubbles <laughs> starting yeah. to emerge, it's a new term, travel bubbles. Um, uh, so, so we'll we'll see how that plays out. But certainly, our focus is, uh, like everyone, I think, is going to be on the domestic leisure market. Um, one of the biggest um, we would had a, a, an internal call this morning about city centres because it's going to be challenging. We think for the city centres, uh, the, the coastal locations, the country locations, will probably do quite well out of the leisure business. Uh, provided we open up in, in time for summer. But um, but those city centre locations, I think there's going to be a bit of a fear about heading to a, you know, a London or a central Manchester or Birmingham. So um, so we've been looking at, you know, do we actually consider change of use in some kind of senses? Do we look for alternative business source revenue streams that we've not thought of right. before? Because that's right. going to be really tough, I think. Yeah, 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 I agree. I agree. So, so I know we're almost out of time here, and and I know it's uh, evening for you. So I'm sure you want to uh, get back to your day job. Um, uh, I always ask everyone at the end of the podcast, kind of, what are the key lessons and the key learnings over the last uh, six to eight weeks? You know, that's I think it's we all say that it's unprecedented uh, um, crisis, and as we're all looking back and in, in terms of leadership lessons or, or just general lessons for people that are listening. Uh, people that are, want to grow or professionally or personally, what what are your key takeaways and what are your kind of lessons that you've learned over the last two months uh, in terms of leadership and um, and running running your business? Other than uh, it's a good time to make a deal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Look look for opportunities. I, you know what? That's, that, right. that, is, um, that, that is absolutely true, though. In every crisis, there are opportunities. So um, I think trying to find those opportunities and, and capitalize on them quickly is um, is something that, that I'll take away from, I don't know if the crisis, I hope it never comes again, but if a crisis right. comes again, th there are opportunities that spawn throughout and you've just got to be ready to capitalize on them. So um, so I think that's one that I've learned just how quickly and rapidly they can evolve. Um, and, and I guess um, uh, the communication side of things, nothing can ever prepare you for something like this. And um, now having gone through it, I mean, the, um, the ability, technology has been amazing early on in the piece, uh, we started a WhatsApp group, a something as simple as that. We've got over 200 hoteliers in a WhatsApp group, and you might think, well, that's a recipe for disaster. But <laughs> it, it was a, um, 
it was an instant way to have a two-way dialogue in real time. And that was just mm. absolutely critical. And we were relying on, you know, a weekly email or daily email, which is one-way communication or the phone ringing. And it was, it was very fragmented when we got everyone into a WhatsApp group. It allowed for a very open two-way dialogue. And that was for us, I would say for me, that was the most important thing, mm. <laughs> something very, very simple, but the mm. most important thing throughout this whole crisis was that WhatsApp group. So that's really about transparency, open two-way conversation, which you, which you just mentioned, right? And just being there for people, no, no matter where they are or, or, or what time of the day it is, I'm sure, right? Because that, it, yeah. I can imagine that was like a 24-7 conversation going on, right? Yeah, yeah. And you can't open something like that and then just switch it off at five o'clock. So um, absolutely, it's right. a 24-7 right. uh, uh, line of communication. So yeah, but that was, right. for me, the single most um, important part of the whole crisis for our company anyway. Okay, great. Um, thank you very much uh, for your time. Um, thank you for, for freeing yourself up and uh, spending some time uh, with us here. I uh, really appreciate that. Um, good luck over the next couple of weeks and months. And uh, hopefully um, the UK will um, kind of allow um, you guys to reopen soon. And um, we'll be all having drinks on that face-to-face, -face, hopefully in a few months, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank, thanks for having me on the show. And, and can't wait to um, to get back to some normalcy and uh, and, and meet hoteliers face-to-face. -face. Shake hands again. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we all do. We all do. <laughs> Thank, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Cheers. Take care. Yeah, bye. Thank you very much for listening. And I hope you found this episode valuable for your own business circumstances. Check out the show notes linked to the episode. Help more people in the industry find this podcast by sharing and rating. And don't forget to subscribe to the series wherever you listen to it.